Welcome to 2021 Tiger Cast fans. It's good to be back. It's a bit early in the year for us to be doing a show, but there's plenty to talk about. So we thought we'll get together, we'll have a crack, we'll talk about some Richmond stuff and uh, see where it takes us. So we did advertise we had the full trio back together, but we are one man short. But uh, firstly, I'll introduce CB17. Welcome back, mate. Happy New Year. Merry Christmas and all the rest of it. Happy New Year, Michaels, and Happy New Year to all the listeners. Finally, we're just going to talk some footy stuff, and I can't wait. No, it's very good. And it's also your birthday today. Happy birthday. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I, I look good. I feel good. I still smell average. You know, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, do you have any big plans for the birthday today? No, in all honesty, um, after this podcast, my young fella's on his L, so I'm probably going to um, risk death for an hour in a car <laughs> with him. And then, uh, believe it or not, I've got cricket training tonight, so no birthday, dinner, no nothing, just um, life rolls on, mate, just another year older, another year slower, all that type of stuff. Uh, Bald anyway, so, you know, not going to lose any more hair. Just make sure the cricket boys don't bowl any beams at you. Surely they'll look <laughs> after you. It's a nice half volleys in the nets. No, 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 no. They they love trying to kill me, mate. <laughs> no mercy shown on an old bloke like me. I don't get the pension or discount yet. No, not yet. No, okay. <laughs> next year. Next year. Next year. And of course, the the man missing from the team today is Tiger Seventy One. He was due to come on, but he's had uh, some late work stuff pop up, which he's had to attend to. So we wish him all the best for that. Hopefully, he can land a couple of clients and get underway. But I'm sure he'll join us for the next one. He does send his best. So. No, nah, we'll, it's we'll, bullshit. That's Look, basically, for us to shit can him for the next however long we're on for. Uh, we'll <laughs> Mate, see if he listens in to rebut us. Stop lying. Stop lying. We've just come through Christmas, New Year's. He tried on his leather pants. He's put on a couple of kegs. He split them. That's what it really is, mate. He split He split the leather pants. That's all it is. Well, who knows with him? But uh, no, we'll, we'll take as many pot shots as we can at him, to be honest. So. So what have you been yeah, up to in it. this time well, before we get into the footy stuff? What was your you're still on holidays, aren't you? Yes, yeah, yeah. Not returning till the eighteenth. Uh, so having an extended break because last year was pretty pretty much a very, very much mad year for me. So I had a lot on and um this year I'm gonna cut back on some commitments and um just try and take a step back for a bit, which will be excellent. But in reality, um I've been binge watching a lot of Australian stuff um and, and reading a lot of Australian stuff. So that's probably where it's been. Um, my new favourite actor at the moment is an Aboriginal actor called Aaron Peterson. He's done some great films. Um, and he's, he was excellent in the TV series um, Jack Irish with Guy Pearce. Um, done some great stuff with Mystery Road and a bunch of other movies. So I've been binge-watching his stuff and a lot of foreign TV. So um, can't get enough of my subtitled stuff as well. And, yeah, just reading. So... Uh, finished Marlon's book, which was brilliant. I, I really surprised me how good that book was, if I'm honest with you. Yep. Obviously, you've got to give a shout-out to Conrad as well, read the hard way, as probably 100,000 100, other people have <laughs> read as well. And i um, currently reading a book, um, new author. So I'm reading a book called The Dry, and the movie hit the cinemas on January the 1st. It's an Australian movie with Eric Barner in it, and it's smashing the, bash, the box office. It's right up there with uh, Mad Max and other things with the revenue it's taking in. So you can't read the book, at least go support the Australian film industry and, and go see the movie. Um, if the movie's as good as the book, uh, do yourself a favour. Go see it. I really hope it is. Oh, very good. I've read the uh, Conrad Marshall book as well, so we'll we'll try and get him on maybe a bit later later on down the track. We might touch base with him and see what's happening there. But 
another Come and join us, Conrad. Movie. You know yeah. you want a big fella. Uh, Come on. We, you know, we, we were the first ones to have him on a podcast after he released the first book, and then everyone just sort of followed suit. So we're That's what we do, years. mate. Industry leaders, that's what we do. Absolutely. But now, now, another cracking book by Conrad. Just good to get the insights behind the scenes. Uh, and I think we spoke a little while ago, and I said to you that for me, reading that book helped validate what we were sort of feeling and thinking ourselves, just the supporters, like with how we thought the players might be handling the hub versus no hub and what impact it might have not being able to train all together. And a lot of the things sort of written by, by the coaching staff really sort of, yeah, validated what we were thinking, which is nice. Well, it sort of, it really felt, um, it actually really felt validated. To, or not, it was just that obvious. It, just, it What appeared obvious actually was the obvious, if you know what I mean. Um, it, it clearly was walking and quacking like a duck, so yeah. That was good. Well, don't, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll chase him up. All right, we'll push on to uh, some of the topics. Now, given the timing of this show, this show's not going to be about what people think it's going to be about, so we will talk about the topic later but that's not why we're here we're here to talk about a lot of the stuff we've missed out on over sort of the november december period so we'll start off with the 2021 draw well i looked at it cb and i didn't think it was half bad for us to be honest we've got 14 games at the g six of those are genuine home games uh meaning we're playing a non a non-co mcg tenant and eight are against mcg tenants so I just wanted to highlight that just because of the amount of shit we cop saying we've got all these games at the G, but none of them, not all of them, are genuine advantages. Uh, two at Marvel, six interstate, and we play the Cats twice, Hawks twice, Giants twice, Saints twice, and the Lions twice. What was your take on the draw? I was actually really happy that truth be known. Um, I very, very, yeah, as a supporter, and being a regional supporter too, um, I was clearly happy to see a heap of games at the G just so I can actually take my family. We can actually go watch the Tigers again, you know, but yeah. I thought, look, uh, as, as a way to draw, I mean, you can, you can argue on any, any club's draw, whether it's fair or unfair or what have you, but from a pure Richmond perspective, um, I was quite happy with that draw, mate. I, I didn't see any alarms or felt that we'd been hard done by at all, if I'm honest. No, I was, yeah, I was pretty happy. With, I mean, you know, we're going to have to cop some harshness given that we've won you know, the last two flags. So fair play in that regard. But it's nice being at a stage where you don't really fear playing. Like you look at the teams that we played twice, the Cats, you probably say, well, we might win one, lose one. Hawks, we should hopefully win both, although they touched us up last year. Uh, uh, ignore, ignore that guy. That was, that was, that was an anom- we anomaly. <laughs> The Giants, who knows with them. Uh, the Saints are going to be up and about, and the Lions are obviously going to be pretty good again too. So... They're tough games, but it's yeah. You could stand to reason that we should we could win over well, nearly all of them, really. Well, look, the, the cats are going to be top four. We know that um, they're going to be very oh, they again might have consistent the team. Richmond curse the team who beats them in the who we beat in the grand final just fourth the face of the earth. Nah, no, nah, I think they they they're too solid a club for that. Oh, we up there. The Hawks, I'm tipping for a slide. I reckon they'll be a bottom four team this year. I just don't see it with the list they've got. Um, GWS, I actually, the funny thing is, everyone's talking about the loss of Cameron. Don't be surprised if GWS adapt and they could fire back up. They could be another bit of a bolter. They could have a bit of a research. The Saints are really, really rate. I can see the Saints actually being a top four team this year. I really rate their list. They've got good rucks, good keys, defense, good key um, forwards, really solid uh, midfield. 
they can do anything. And the Lions I'm a bit iffy on. And I, it seems crazy. They've made top four last two years. But last year, because they had such a home ground advantage, um, it'll be interesting to see what happens as the field opens up, if you know what I mean, where they have to play their games. So uh, they're a top eight team, but a bit of a watch and see whether they're a top four team for mine. Yeah, I think we spoke about it last year, but Brisbane and Port Adelaide really had to convert last year into a premiership with all the home games they had, didn't they? Yeah. Look, you would say West Coast, Port and Lions really missed a golden opportunity. Yeah. So, and that's on them too. End of the day, that's on them. And and well done to Geelong and well done to Richmond for being the better teams. Now, do we think the season's going to get underway as it should? and stay that way? Or do you reckon there's going to be a hub, another hub by mid-year? I, I, I'm really praying to the sweet baby Jesus in a manger, right? I'm channeling my, channeling my inner Talladega Knights there. I'm just hoping that 2021 isn't 2020 part two. Like, yeah. I'm really fearful of that. We just, we just got to do the right thing. Um, it, what's going to be interesting is my brother was telling me today that it looks like the federal government's rolling out four million vaccinations by March. So it'll be curious to see how that gets rolled out to whom. Um, but I would I would say the first six weeks will roll out as planned. But then after that, mate, it's it's, it's really chocolate. How can how can we? You can't predict how the season's going to go, can you? Not after no, last year. And the problem is it only takes for one state to have any kind of mini outbreak and the panic stations are going to be hit and it's going to throw it all into turmoil. So it's not like we're just relying on one state to keep it clean. We're relying on everyone. And that's the tricky part. Well, well, well and this is, again, I'll keep the politics out of the show, but you, you saw with how many, like, what, under 30 infections nationally and all the borders shut up, you know? Yeah. So... The, the premiers were just quick. They just went whack, 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 closed all the borders off. So, yeah, goodness knows what is going to happen with, with, with this season coming up. But, I mean, the good news is we've got plenty of time. There is, there's still two months. So plenty of time, hopefully, for things to settle down. And, and you know, we, we get some a little bit more normality back into our lives with our footy. And we're doing that uh, footy frenzy again, I think they called it, where they sort of jam-packed a game every day uh, for, what, 20-odd days. I, I liked that last year. I, I got why they had to do it. Um, so it looks like they're going to try and do that again this year to to really try and get a season in again. Look, I know it's easy to bash AFL house, right? And, and Lord knows we all do it. But I'll say this about Gil, and I don't normally defend him too much, but he him and his admin really did a terrific job with football last season. It can't be denied, mate. They, they saved the game. They did, they, well. they, they, they did really, really well. And um, I was just remarking to a couple of friends the other day, like, it, it was great. That, that footy frenzy was 20. That actually got us through a really crappy time. Like, oh, personally, I really enjoyed having a game on every night. Yeah, like, I, I thought I'd, I, I thought I'd OD on it, but I really didn't. And if they do that again, then, mate, I'm all for it. It was wonderful. Yeah, it definitely kept a lot of people sane uh, through a really difficult time. So I, I don't know whether that was part of their thinking or if it just happened to work out that way. But um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it, I'm sure. And it read, it read like a lot of the footy community enjoyed it, despite being a bit hesitant about it to start with. So hopefully we just get a full season in normally um, and see how we go from there. The other big change for the season is we're back to 20-minute quarters, which I think plays in our favour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, 
they're talking like yesterday at 18 minutes, mate. I'm glad common sense has prevailed and they've just gone back to 20 minutes. Um, it doesn't detract from the spectacle of the game. And for a team like Richmond that is a powerhouse running team, it's wonderful news. It's wonderful and welcome news. So those little games where we just started to get on top of it, but it kept them close because the, short, the quarters were tighter. Um, hopefully we'll blow a few more games out uh, this year, which will just help our win-loss, obviously, and keep us up and about. But from my perspective, wrapped it as 20 minutes again. Awesome. Yeah, yeah I know. I'm, I'm glad they didn't stick with 16 or, or 18 would have been okay, but I, I like the 20, especially, and, and that's probably from a selfish point of view because our game plan allows us to sort of thrive in that format. Um, but we obviously would have kept our training regime the same in last year, assuming, like, I reckon we just trained for 20-minute quarters and just whatever happened, happened. I don't think we actually tweaked our training to reflect 16 minutes. Yeah, and, and, and look, I mean, as we've seen some Instagram posts, that the, the senior blokes are training. Like, uh, we've seen Dusty and Nank and all those blokes, they're already back training. They've been, they were back in New Year, you know, towards the end of last year. They were doing some work. Um, and what, so Peter Burge is now taking pre-season till February. Yep, that's the other Um, and look, is it McGinn's who went to Sydney? Yes. Yep, so he'll be a loss, but Burge is the main man, and I have every faith in, well, we can't be, the, the results are the results, right? So, um, I've got every faith that Burge will do a fantastic job with our players, um, in the lead up to February. I might be wrong, but all the other pre-seasons where you watch the videos and all that kind of stuff, the content the club put out in past years, it's always kind of looked like he's been taking the sessions this time of year anyway. I, I don't think it's going to feel any different for the players. I think it's just a headline that it's not hard, it's not going to be there. But I actually think it's business as usual from what I sort of seen from the content in the past. Well, as we've already seen, like let, don't, don't believe the BS and the narratives. Just the proof will be in the eating, right? And... Yeah, like I said, I've got every faith that Burge is the man for the job to do right now, what needs to be done, and the players will respond accordingly. Yeah, agree. All right, the uh, draft also took place much later in the year than uh, what we're typically used to, and I, I don't know how many of you out there watched that, but what an absolute snorefest that turned into. And then when we finally wasted three hours to get to our first pick, we traded it to Geelong. <laughs> Which we kind of thought may happen, but gee, it was pretty pretty flat after that, waiting to see who we we're going to take. Um, but no, a shrewd sort of trading by the club to trade out into Geelong's first round for next year, giving us two first rounders for this year's draft, which is allegedly stronger, one of the better drafts. But I feel like we hear that all the time. But uh, what do you think we're going to do with two first rounders? Are you sort of thinking we're going to take the two best available, or do you have a suspicion that we're going to be packaging them up to try and get an established player in? My suspicion is it's going to be a package. They'll they'll have already been working on something for a couple of years, and um, I suspect there'll be if, if someone says, "Oh, to get player X, you need to give us two first rounders," we can then go, "Okay, take one of this year's, take next year's, done." Yeah, that's what I think. I'll throw out a conspiracy, and I'm kind of jumping to the next little bit with the players we've got training with us at the moment for the supplementary list. Josh Green is one of them. His brother of. Uh, Tom Graham, is it Tom? Yeah, at uh, GWS. Yeah, I like him too. He's a good kid. Is that a bit of a sneaky draw card? Hey, we've got your brother here. Do you want to come across and play? And by the way, GWS, he's two first rounders. No, it it depends on, it's going to be a needs-based decision, right? So uh, it's fair to say we've got Jack, 
Trent and Basher all into their twilight years. That'd be a fair call, yeah? Yeah. So it's a question of what have we got right now to replace us? I mean, in the last segment, we'll probably answer a bit of this with with the players we think are going to step up. I think there's one that needs to, has got an opportunity to step up and fill Jack's role. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if we look at a key defender, if I'm honest with you. Okay. If there's anything available, because Asprey's 29-30 and his knee's not getting any better. And I just, I wouldn't mind hedging my bets that there's maybe a thought around there or, or whether they go, look, you know, with retirement of Cochin, we need another A-grade midfielder to come in. But I don't know. Who knows? They're very good at keeping the cards at their chest, and we back them in whichever whichever path they choose. Yeah, exactly right. And Kings, everyone has said on previous shows that we've got – this has been planned sort of three or four years ahead of time since we landed Lynch. So they've got, obviously, a clear path. Uh, we, we want to go who we want to target. So we obviously have to back them in. Yep. All right, second pick was pick 40, I think it was. We took Samson Ryan, 203-centimetre ruckman, who's 20 years old, so just a little bit older than the traditional draft age. I was a little bit confused by this pick initially, but then the more I sort of thought about it, obviously Soldo's out. CCJ's going to miss the first, what, seven to ten games through suspension or whatever it might be. Uh, um, six. In, 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 he, he served, he's missed four, so he'd have, what, six to go? Oh, okay, so it's down to six. Okay, that's good. Yeah, uh, And then Nanks obviously had some injury issues the last couple of years early on in the season. So then it, all of a sudden started to look like that pick was making sense. Is that is that the mindset you reckon the club took with that, just as good insurance? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and Kevin Long's still got Mabs. Yep, still got so Mabs. So still got two phones who can ruck. And Bolton can play... relief ruck, as we saw in the grand final, quite effectively. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean Elton John's wig and I have had a discussion about this one player, I'm going a bit off track here, uh, regularly. The guy we would love to see Richmond have a crack at and bring to the club is actually uh, Radadagalia from um, Geelong. Radatogo is Tiggs with the Yeah. <laughs> Pardon me. He, yep. That would be um, – that guy could be – I could see a player like that coming to Richmond but fulfilling a, a forward, back, ruck kind of role. I think he offers that versatility we would like, but I'm getting sidetracked. But back on to Samson Ryan. Um I think it's a common sense pick. We, we had a need, and um, we, we picked. We had a need for another ruckman, and we, we picked him up. So it was, it was good, very very good drafting. And he was a Richmond supporter as a kid, so I'm hoping he had a poster of Brett Deledio on the wall. <laughs> Who doesn't? Uh, <laughs> Correct. I, I suppose the surprise of that pick was how early, because a lot of experts sort of had him as a late pick to a rookie pick. But it'd be interesting to know if the club maybe got wind of someone else looking at a Ruckman, and they just didn't want to take their chances to miss out on him. Maybe he, they thought he was the best available Ruckman at, at that pick and just had to bite the bullet just in case. Was... Well, he's well, he's pretty pretty well rated. And if you read the feedback from the um, track watchers on, on the on the games up north, he dominated the competition against men up there. Yeah, he did. Yep. Yeah, so he, he comes with a bit of form about him. So, personally, I'm excited. I'm excited to see him at the club, and I'm... Look, we, we, Pick 40, eh, it's not really a risky pick on a ruckman, I think. We, we've got Nan Curvis for pick 45. Look at that turned out. Yeah, it's turned out pretty well for us. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then our next pick was pick 51, and it was the obvious pick that was uh, everyone knew was happening, was Maurice Rioli Jr., who's taken the number 49 with the club. The only thing I want to say about him is I don't want people, the media more specifically, to apply pressure to him 
trying to tell him he's got to live up to his sort of dad's expectations standard because he's going to be his own player. Um, it's just exciting to have another Rioli at the club. Yeah, look, the, the only thing I'll say is I, the one thing I don't want to read for the next year or so is he needs to get a game. No, he doesn't. We don't need to play him just because he's got the name. Let no. him develop like we've been developing other players and um, give him time and I'm sure we will invest the time into him and he'll be a fantastic long-term footballer for the club. You yeah, know? But, but, you know like, there's no need to rush him. Yeah, you know, people get, oh, I need to play. No, we don't. We don't. We've got a ton of blokes ahead of a guy who's never played a game before. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So let's, let's just put him like RCD, mate. He's been waiting three years to get his go. Yeah, so, exactly. So I just think let's, let's not put – our own pressures on the kid and expectations. Just enjoy the journey. Just to see where it goes. That's all I'd say. Just let him let him grow and develop and enjoy watching the ride. Hopefully we get yeah. some more of uh, VFL airtime so we can all see him play as well. That'd be handy. Well, let's hope we get a VFL season up, eh? That too. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Do you think it's um, when he does eventually break into the team, and we're still assuming that Dan Rioli's at the club when this happens, do you think that's going to take Dan Rioli to another level, having him there by his side? Because he, I guess we kind of found that during the home and away season, Dan's been a little bit hot and cold. But come finals, he comes through with the goods for us. But, you know, it's interesting to see if he goes to another level, having uh, Rich Jr. there. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it's about going to levels. I mean, at the end of the day, as you read, like Conrad's book, last book sort of said, that they've all got their roles. As long as you're executing the roles, everything's um, rosy, isn't it? You know, you, yeah. you can't you can't assess the current team on possessions. It's just the incorrect way to assess Rioli, Castagna, Lambert, all those blokes. Because in reality, apart from the sanctum, we don't know what role they're really fulfilling on the, each game day. So, um, so long as they're fulfilling their role within the team. And whether they get five possessions getting that, but they execute their role, they get 20 possessions, doesn't matter. So long as they're just doing their role and we um, keep this winning form up because it's been fantastic. How long until we see a uh, Maurice Rioli is burning up the training track thread, do you reckon? I know training, I think the boys are coming uh, back on Monday now because if they come back Monday, it means they can all train together as opposed to groups of 10. But I give it a week before, <laughs> before we're saying it's around my mock. Oh, mate, I mean... <laughs> I mean, it, it actually, it'll be a race. It'll be a race to see who our next whipping boy will be, or whether it's going to be this kid being <laughs> on track, or the next whipping boy. You know, but interesting. And then the rookie draft, we us and a lot, pretty much every other club passed on every pick, uh, meaning that we've got two vacant spots on our list, unless we shift uh, Big Soldo to the long term injury, which would then open up three. But that hasn't happened yet. Uh, so we've got two spots to use for the supplementary list. Uh, like we did with Stack or the mid-season draft like we did with Pickett. So the players we've got training with us at the moment, I'm going to apologise if I pronounce this surname incorrectly, Nicholas Karopis from West Adelaide Sandville. We've got the egg. He's uh, he's back training with us. Josh Green and Ryan Mansell from uh, Woodville West Torrens in the Sandville. I'm glad to see the eggs getting another crack. The, the bloke picked up Brownlow votes, and with Hooley on the back end, of his career, I think it's important we uh, keep him around. Can Can I just say this? Uh, personally, I was really disappointed that we had to let Oleg go. I really thought Oleg was going to, with the steps he'd taken last year, I was really hoping he would be who was replacing it this year. Uh, but Bash has, Bash has gone on for another year, which is fair enough. That's his right. 
three-time premiership player. He gets the ability to, you know, call time in his career when he's, when he's ready to go. So he clearly thinks he's got another year in him, which is which is fine. Uh, but losing Oleg has hurt a bit. I think, I think personally, the strategy will be we'll take one in this current period. So I reckon we'll put Egg back on the list, but we'll leave a spot open, a bit like how we got Marlon. Yeah, I think we'll hold off. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And with those four players in question, the way it's kind of reading is apparently that Ryan Mance is a similar player to Egmelissi Smith. So it kind of sounds like they're playing off for one spot. Uh, yeah. And then Corpus and Green are playing off for the other spot. But whether that's one in this one and one in the mid-season, like you said, it could pan out that way. It might just make more sense. Um, or other injuries could happen by the mid-season draft and we need to fill another need. So... I definitely agree that I think we'll only take one for this supplementary thing and keep the, the mid-season one up our sleeve to, to fill a need. Correct, depending on injuries, etc. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, so we should see how those boys go training with the club. So all the best to those four fighting out for, for some spots. But yeah, we should see what path we take. Like I said, I still, I'm a bit dirty about Markov leaving. Not at Markov or at Richmond, just the situation in itself. I think he was, yeah. the games he played, he was really good. And I thought he was stiff to be dropped. And it just, everything seemed to be falling into place for him and us that he was going to be a, a fitting replacement. But it just hasn't panned out that way. And I wish him all the best in his, uh, just like Brandon else, I wish him all the best uh, for his football at the Gold Coast and hope he does well. Yeah. And uh, I think Townsend's up there as well now. Oh, Townsend's gone up there as well? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere they picked him up. Uh, he might have actually been one of the ones who actually went in the rookie draft. So, I think he's gone to the Suns. Oh, you know what? Again, fantastic for Tano. Um, yeah. Nothing but love for that guy. Nothing <laughs> but love. He will always be loved by the Richmond faithful just for his efforts in 2017. He was <laughs> just a legend. He will always be a Richmond man. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Are you ready for your first bloodbath of the year, CB? Look, I've actually mellowed a little bit. I just Can I just say, right, so we're going to go, we're going to move into the bloodbath segment. Can I just say, have we not seen over the last 24, 48, uh, 72 hours, have we not seen peak Twitter? Can it can it not get any worse? And obviously we're talking about the Harwick situation. Um, I, I think what's concerned me out of all of this, actually, what has really concerned me out of all of this was when the Herald Sun went and actually named the female persons involved with Damien. And I find that really concerning because if you look at how the nutbags have just gone hard on Twitter and other social media platforms just alone on the situation, imagine what is coming for that lady that no one knew about until, you know, the Herald Sun released a name. Yeah. Everyone was guessing. So I I think uh, I think we need to really revisit some – laws and things like that to protect people because we're heading into a heading into a dangerous space and then you look at like Tom Brown, Tom Brown what he did with his tweet yesterday with Brooke Cochin you know no comments allowed just just put this out there as pure bait yeah and i think the AFL in particular their accredited accredited game callers and their accredited media really need to revisit some ethics and standards because the world has changed just like our workplaces have changed and we've had to adapt our behaviours for the right reasons. I think you look at um, Callum Ward getting death threats last year, Dylan Grimes getting death threats last year, 
any number of players. And it's really, it's based on the line of what these media people and commentators are putting out there, whipping people up into hysteria and, and, and driving people to these um, lengths. And I guess what Bart's saying to the media industry, that they, and actually, you know what, probably the federal government who needs to tighten up on a lot of things on Twitter as well, on cyberbullying and stuff like that. Um, there's a whole bunch of work that needs to be done to hold these people accountable for the words and the actions that they are currently doing. And it's pretty sickening, if I'm honest. How do you feel about it, Michaels? Yeah, the way they've gone about it's pretty average, to be honest. Um, end of the day, the situation itself, that's for the hardwicks to deal with and them only. No, no one really needs to know the other inner details, the whys, the hows. Uh, it doesn't really concern us, but the media just keep trying to drag everyone else into it, throw people under the bus, um, show if people are, sh- are taking sides, and they're just making it a lot messier and involving people that they shouldn't be. They just need to leave it, report on the footy, um, and just get on with it. It's yeah, it's pretty embarrassing, and I've tried well, to sort of stay away from it myself, but yeah, it's just getting out of hand. It's lurid. I mean, you, you can see the narrative which is getting in. They're trying to paint this poor lady as a homewrecker with with zero zero knowledge of actually what has happened in that relationship. Yeah, and they're they're just feeding yeah bullshit information to everyone reading, and then people just start to you know take what they've what they're saying as gospel and. Then they'll start shit-canning dimmer, and it just it goes on and on. But no one's got any basis or inside knowledge of that I mean, relationship. They just uh, need to stay out of it. You go to the Herald Sun today, and oh, Damien Hardwick's now off till February. No shit, Sherlock. He said he was doing that in in October 2020. Yeah, yeah, nothing new here. But the but the repackaging is now something sinister. Yeah, you know, like it, it's not right. It's not right, and um, you know. Uh, Apparently, you just need to hang around public toilets to get a AFL journalist accreditation. That's yeah, about where the standard they've got. No, there's zero accountability. But well, well it's nothing we can say that is going to stop it, I guess. But hopefully, people are sort of getting smart enough and cluing on to ignore the bullshit that comes out from it. And if you want the truth, wait till it comes from the actual people involved. If it does, and until then, just don't worry about it. It's nothing to do with us. Yeah, oh, just correct. Done. That's it. We're not talking about it anymore. It's all about 100%. All right, the last thing we're going to do, we're going to pick two plays each that we want to see train the house down. We love using that phrase. uh, And breaking into the 22. You can go first. Right, so I'm going to preface this by it's not about these two players I want to see come back in and two players, I'm going to name two to go out. These are just two players that, however it works during the year, I would love to see them establish themselves or re-establish themselves Back into our 22, because I think they really add to the team. So my first one is um, young Jack Ross. Um, it was a wonderful thing to see that he'd returned to, to personal training early and working on his Super. agility and fitness. Yeah. Um, and we know the kid can play. And I'm really, really excited. I really hope he gets that full-time opportunity in the midfield this year. I don't know how, but I just reckon if he gets his go this time, He's really going to take the ball by the horns, and I—he's one kid that I want to see into that team and really start to forge a career in at the senior level. And the other one is actually Josh Caddy. Um, he adds a lot of physicality and brutality to the team. He's a fantastic sledger, and he's a very skilled footballer. Uh, but it appears he's just sort of lost his spot, like they don't know what to do with him. But uh, I certainly think the team plays better when he's in it. 
and I would love to see Josh Caddy force his way back into our 22. How about you, Michaels? Yeah, I, I like those two that you mentioned, and I agree, Ross has to be a midfielder. I wasn't a fan of the halfback experiment. Uh, and Caddy, I wouldn't mind seeing as maybe a third tall up forward, like kind of that medium size. is a really hard matchup. I don't think I don't think the spot for the wing's there for him anymore, just because of how good McIntosh and Pickett have played that role. Um, but yeah, I agree with what you said about him. Uh, can, I, can, can I just say on Pickett? Sorry, can I say, I've been re-watching some, some games, and I know Marlon turned the ball over, but we've got to remind ourselves he's a 20-game player. But you watch some of Marlon Pickett's work in close, and his hands in close, handballing the blokes and things like, by Jesus, for a 20-game player, Marlon Pickett has a lot of football smarts and a lot of hardness. Yeah, and he justified his position in that team. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, he definitely did. And I think the turnovers are just the things that stand out when people are watching the game. But yeah, if you look at all the other small things he does, he definitely warranted selection for for the games he played. And I reckon the dropping of him earlier in the year helps turn him around. Yep. Uh, the two players I want to see get a few games this year: uh, CCJ. I know we had the the kebab gate, but uh, I think his time. He has probably shot himself in the foot a little bit, but I think his time is now. With Jack sort of tailing towards the end of his career, the the ruck sort of injuries we've got, I think it does open up a spot for him to play ruck forward. Um, and even if that means where Jack gets a rest every couple of weeks to try and manage him through the year, whatever that might look like, but I, I think he's got too much talent that we can't waste it. And he, he, does, he owes us. We stuck by him through a bit of a shit period. Uh, and so I'm hoping that he's got the head-down, bum-up attitude and can make a fist of it. I'd love to see him get a few games. And the other one, which would probably be no surprise, but Riley Collier-Dawkins, um, I think a lot of Richmond supporters are keen to see this kid play. We've seen what he can do in the VFL. He kicks some explosive goals in the grand final. Um, he's putting on some size. And I think the club just have invested a lot of development into him, and I think they know that he can be a special player, but they just want to make sure the timing's right. Um, but it sounds like the, he was very close this year, but injuries kind of got in the way at the wrong time for him. So hopefully he comes back with a clean bill of health. Um, and I, I won't be shocked if he's playing games within the first seven or eight weeks. Yeah, love it. Two really good players there. Love but it. Who goes out? I've got no idea. Uh, yeah, that, that's a different issue altogether. But, you know, there's always going to be injuries and suspensions and things like that. But um, I think just for the the development of our future, we do need to get some of these young boys in because uh, the, the older heads aren't going to be around forever. Um, but the other, from a positional standpoint, the half-back role is the other one we need to probably get someone in for as well. I don't know whether... Do you think Naish can... I'm sure that Tiggs was going to pick Naish for this if he was on today. Uh, but do you think Naish can play that half-back role? I... <sighs> I'm not sold. If I'm honest, I'm not sold on Naish. As much as I'm desperate for him to to succeed, I'm, I'm, a jury's out on him, mate. I, I almost see Danny Meyer Mark too, if I'm honest with you, or a Corey Ellis Mark too there with that kid. And that's yeah, right. I feel bad. I feel bad saying that, but I'm just I'm just not sure on him, if I'm honest. Yeah. Uh, but but it'll be look. I'm sure there'll be opportunities going to come along that half back line through injury, what have you. But, but how we how we change it up that will be really really interesting to see how they how they change that mix up. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what we do there. There has to be a changing of the guard at some stage, and who that is yeah, is anyone's guess at this stage. But that's why the coaches are the coaches. Yeah, and and for the listeners out there, if you've got anyone you want to talk about, 
by all means, just chuck them in there, mate. We'll, we'll have a chat. Yeah, absolutely. All right, well, that's, I think that wraps it up for the for the first one for the year. Uh, good to be talking footy again. Not sure when we'll be back on. We're not going to start doing weekly ones from Jan 7. That's a bit crazy, but we just thought there was a bit of... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wouldn't be much to talk about for the next few weeks, but no, there was obviously a bit of footy stuff to catch up on, so we thought we'd get one get one done for the first part of the year and then we'll, we'll reassess and see how things develop, but we'll definitely be back in the near future. Uh, but yeah, it's great to sort of interact with the audience again, isn't it, on Twitter and all the socials? Absolutely, and we, we do appreciate all the feedback, guys, and the, the keenness that people, that we had with the messages and things that people are asking us to get back on the air. So hopefully we've given you something nice and positive, some footy to talk about. And all I'll say is this, I'll give you a cheeky little hint, folks, just keep watching the skies. Hey, just keep watching the skies. Ooh, okay. That's, yeah, something might be happening very soon. But no, we're <laughs> looking forward to getting getting back into it, and uh, hopefully we can have another successful year. Absolutely, absolutely. And guys, please be, be out there. Please be safe. Please just follow the rules. And uh, if we all toe the line, then we'll all get to sit with each other at the MCG in round one and roar our heads off on March 18. I think it is. And uh, yeah, we'll get amongst two it. flags there. Which oh, be, yes. Uh, which would be nice too. Three, three. They should do the VFL flag as well, actually. <laughs> Just to rub it in. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you enjoy the rest of your birthday, CB. Thank you for taking time to come on for a chat and hopefully have a, have a good session in the nets uh, and the family looks after you. Thank you very much, mate. And I appreciate the uh, opportunity to get back on the air and we, we had a bit of a chat. Wonderful. That's it. All right. Until next time, everyone. Go Tigers. Go Tigers. Adios amigos. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Richmond Big Footy Tiger Cast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and YouTube so you can follow all the roasts and toasts, the reviews and previews, and all topics Richmond. Also keep an ear out for our special episodes of interviews with past players. Go Tigers!